Hey, welcome to Playing for Keeps, the show where we take a deep dive into emotional intelligence, sex, love, adult attachment theory, mental health, therapy, and everything in between that creates great relationships. Your host, DJ, is a certified life coach and emotional intelligence practitioner. She's here to be of service to all the listeners interested in love and relationship. Now, here's your host, DJ. Hey, this is DJ Robinson with Plan for Keeps, and today I have Lacey. She's a 30-year-old mother of three, married for nine years with her husband. They're going on 14 years together, all together. She is a yoga lover, a dog lover, and a firm believer in positive mindset in all things. Hey, Lacey, thank you for coming on today. Hey, no problem. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Very good. Very good. Feeling great today. Awesome. So I wanted to just kind of just dig in. So, you know, you said you've been with your husband for 14 years and you guys have been married for nine. That is, that's kind of unheard of in today's relationship. So I just wanted to kind of just talk to you about just kind of what you guys went through, you know, where you guys met, kind of the building blocks of your relationship, all of that stuff. Okay, absolutely. So I'm just going to dive in. When I was young, I was very much like a wild child. I grew up right outside of New Orleans. I grew up in Kenner, which is where you fly into the airport. Okay. So, you know, I was walking home one day when I was maybe 13 and I was with one of my friends and these, you know, teenage guys drove by and they started, you know, calling to us from the car. And because I have no common sense at this point in my life, obviously, I went and got their phone number and we went joyriding with them. And this was this was the first time I ever snuck out of my house. And the reason I'm bringing this up is not because this is how I met my husband. This is how I met my best friend, Nelson. So we were friends when I was a teenager, me and this guy, Nelson, very cool guy. And he always said, I have a brother. And I knew Nelson for... It must have been like almost three years, and he's always talked about this brother he has. But Nelson was a pathological liar, so he was also full of it all the time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So one day I met the brother, and when I met George, I swear to you, I say this all the time. I looked at him, and I knew. I immediately knew. The reason I was friends with Nelson is because I was meant to meet his imaginary brother. (laughs) And, you know, we met, talked, kind of, you know, clicked. You know, if you ask my husband, he said, no, I was not thinking about marrying you. You were showing me like your bra and kind of like trying to reel me in. (laughs) Not what I was thinking about. But we actually ended up being best friends where I lived in my mom's house, obviously, at the time, because I was 16. He was living in his sister's house, which was the house around the corner. So he literally was a block away from me my whole life, like right there under my nose. And I was best friends with his brother and just never knew him because there's a split in his family. So his dad has two families, you know, it's my husband and his sister. And then there's another family with another woman where there's a brother and a sister. So yeah, you know, his George, my husband, his family lived around the corner from me. So when we hit it off, we basically just started hanging out every single day. And we even ended up 
both needing jobs at the same time. Like we were both out of work and we ended up working at the mall together for a while at a champ's shoe store. And, you know, we would just walk to work together every single day and we were together every single day. But in the beginning, he did not want to commit to me. So for him, I'm like his best friend. I mean, you know, obviously we're fooling around, you know. Right. So it's not like it wasn't sexual and romantic. It was, but he was also trying to not have that aspect of it. He was always very straightforward with me and he would say, I don't want this to be a part of our relationship. You know, if that's not something you want, he's like, even for a while, he just did not like participate. He's like, no, we're not doing that anymore. Like we have to be friends because I, you know, I was reeling him in, you know, (laughs) wanting to keep that because I wanted to be with him. And he was trying to tell me like, he wasn't ready for that because he had had his heart broken and he wasn't in the best headspace and he didn't want to be in a serious relationship again. And also, you know, there was an age difference. So he was a lot older, you know, 20 year old men don't really want to be tied down. But, you know, there's a lot more there too. Like, you know, me wanting to be in a serious relationship at a young age because I wasn't happy in my home life. So I wanted to start a new life and get away from that. And that kind of all feeds into, of course, eventually I lay the ultimatum down. When I'm about like 18, we've been together for a few years. I told him I'm not doing this anymore. Like if we're not together, we're done. And we had like a short separation, like maybe for a month or two that we like weren't together, but we had all the same friends. So I still saw them every day. (laughs) It was kind of ridiculous. So yeah, we uh, probably about that time made it official. And we literally just said, you know, everything that happened in the past, any hard times, hard feelings, you know, bad things I did, he did, we let it all go. And we 100% committed shortly after we were pregnant with our son. Okay. And we got married when Anthony was one. And then we had our daughter. We got pregnant on our honeymoon. Wow. (laughs) Which is why her name is Marley, because we were in Jamaica. (laughs) Wow. Okay. And yeah, you know, we just settled into life and through the years. I mean, it's like in the beginning, I was chasing that commitment and I wanted to have that, you know, that thing, but you can't just like the idea of something. And usually once you get it, it's a lot different than what you thought it would be. True. So, you know, I would say since we had our kids, we're basically just trying to navigate life and figure out how to grow together, how to grow as parents, how to grow individually as people. And it's hard. It's really hard. I mean, I would tell you, we probably have a serious conversation at least once a week about like, you know, maybe an action I took that really wasn't right or something I have to apologize for or he does or a conversation with our kids and all these, you know, heavy feelings and ideas, they're leading to something. It's all of us trying to work to grow together. That's good that you guys do that because I know in a lot of relationships, communication just isn't there. So it definitely sounds like you guys have great communication. Was that always the case with you guys? Like, No, definitely not. For a long time, like I said, I was very eager to start a family and make things official. Honestly, I love my kids. I'd never change a single thing. But looking back with the wisdom of, you know, 10 years later, I would say George and I should have enjoyed being young. We wouldn't have been so financially exhausted and worried if we didn't bring kids into it before, you know, maybe we were ready. 
But, you know, it is what it is. I have no regrets. I love where my life is now. And who's to say I'd be here if I didn't have my kids to motivate me? And that's the other thing we said, you know, the kids are the motivation in all we do. They're the reason we push so hard. And, you know, I would definitely say that George and I were kind of slackers in life. You know, we weren't like highly motivated. We were just coasting, just, you know, making your money paying your little bills, living life and having kids and getting in our own apartment was really that thing that made life serious for us and made us ambitious and want more and work harder. Got you. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So I remember in the beginning where you said you kind of knew like when you, you, what was your friend's name that introduced you to George? Oh, Nelson. 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 So when you said you just knew from day one, when you met George, that you know, Nelson was meant to be in your life to introduce you to George. What gave you that insinuation that day? Because I associate Nelson with a very negative time in my life. I do talk about him in a positive way because he led me to something positive. But let me be clear, Nelson is not in our life. Nelson and George's sister is not, Miriam is not in our life. That's the other family. We had a huge falling out with them. They're just very like shysty, shady people. They do a lot of unsavory stuff. Like, you know, it was just a very negative, toxic part of our life. And George is not about that. He's very no nonsense. He has like literally like <laughs> maybe five friends in the whole world. Like he's very, got you. very Did you get that the first day you met him? Is that kind of what yes. made you kind of cling to him a little bit? Absolutely. He was unlike anyone I had ever met. And this is the version of George I have now as a very much more healed person, someone that's like been to therapy, you know, worked on himself, grown with me, like, oh my gosh, the person he is now is so much more incredible than who he was when I met him. And who he was when I met him was a million times better than any man I had ever met. He was so genuine, so real, so upfront, truthful, like... I may not have liked the answers I was getting, but he always was straight up with me. Always. Yeah, that's a great quality. That's definitely a great quality. Okay, now let me ask you this. So you talked a little bit about, you know, you guys had like toxic periods within your relationship. How did you guys deal with that in the past? And then how would you guys deal with that now? Like, how did you guys grow from that? So like in the past, I would say he used to work in the refinery. So he would be gone for like 12 hours a day, two hours a time commuting, working seven days in a week. Mm -hmm. So I would feel very overexhausted being a single parent, basically, with the kids. And then when he would come home, you know, he wouldn't pay attention to me. He wouldn't, you know, make me feel like he missed me. You know what? Even a better example than that is my husband is not very affectionate. He doesn't, you know, come and put his arms around me and give me a kiss every time he sees me and constantly make me feel desired. And that was a really sore point for me. So in the past, I would just pull away from him, stop talking to him, get cold with him, not speak to him, not want to be by him. And I would let this tension build up until he would explode and then be like really angry. And, you know, why are you being like this? What's your problem? And then I would flip out and scream at him and tell him, you know, you're such an asshole. You don't even, you know, love on me and make me feel wanted. What am I here for? 
Now, in the past, this was just this toxic, horrible thing. From then to now, through the growth we've accomplished, now, if I'm feeling that way, I talk to him about it and he tells me, I'm not more affectionate with you because it never crosses my mind to be so. I wasn't raised that way. My mom loves me. You know, I have a good family, but they're not super affectionate, touchy-feely. It doesn't cross my mind to do it. So what we've come to is I have learned that I don't need that stuff to reassure me in my relationship. I have to be sure in my relationship because his actions let me know how much he loves me. He's a great husband and friend and father. And just because he's not more touchy-feely and physically showing those feelings, that doesn't mean he's not showing them in every other way. Right. So that was like an insecurity on my part I had to work on. And also, every woman deserves to feel loved on. So he makes it a point that he makes that cross his mind because I want it. So no, he's not doing it a day in and day out. He's all over me me. But he makes sure that he, you know, gives me that little kiss. He holds my hand. He he loves on me. He shows me that affection a little bit more than he maybe would have because it's important to me and he wants me to feel that. So it's a compromise. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that example. I know that's something that I've struggled with in my past relationships, dealing with people who were kind of just nonchalant with their feelings and stuff and didn't show their emotions. And then me being kind of emotional and wanting that, I just, I did kind of the same things you did. And I ended up sabotaging some relationships that could have been great. You know what I'm saying? If I would have learned to communicate effectively more so than, you know, lashing out or just kind of stonewalling and just moving on. So that's I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people run into that and they don't know how to grow from that. So my question for you is, how did you get secure within yourself and build yourself up to not let that bother you so much? Was it just because he was willing to work on it or what did you do for yourself too? Well, that's a little more complicated. So... Once you figure out that it's an insecurity, you realize you have something about yourself you have to work on personally so that you don't keep running into this because this is not a one-time problem. You spend 14 years with someone, I'm telling you, we have had this conversation and issue many ways in many forms, typically the same problem coming in different ways. So when I address that insecurity and that issue, first of all, it's about centering yourself and seeing what you have and how good it is and being more grateful for it and not constantly, you know, looking for something else because it's almost a defense mechanism. And that's the other thing I was going to say, you know, he would always tell me, you're so defensive. You can't hear what I'm telling you and let me help you the way you helped me because he will tell you all the time that, you know, I, like I said, unofficial counseling, you know, all these conversations him and I have had, he'll tell you, you that I helped him become who he is today and helped him grow. And he just wanted to do that for me too. And I couldn't see it because I had my defenses up. And that, you know, that's something that stems from childhood. That's something right. you learn when you're little. So even if you don't want to deal with it, it's not, you have to because it's there. It doesn't go away. So you have to deal with it. 
you know, you have to deal with it. You have to work on it. And for me, you know, I like to write in my journal. I like to do yoga, meditate, all this stuff. But honestly and truly, if I'm going to keep it real with you, (laughs) yesterday, the reason I told you it was a long day and I asked if we could do this call today is because I had a big emotional talk with my mom. And, you know, I let her know that certain patterns she's repeating in our relationship now, things she's done since I was a kid, meaning, you know, not dealing with confrontation, not facing things head on and being truthful, trying to make everyone happy just because she wants to repeat these patterns. I'm not going to because I don't want my kids to do that. I want to be honest and true in the things I do. And you have to be vulnerable to do that. And that defense I had up that my husband for many years kept saying I needed to drop. I would say, how can I drop it? You know, everything there is to know about me. I'm not putting a wall up. And he would insist there was this wall up but I couldn't see the wall. He could feel it, but I couldn't. And that's because I had to grow emotionally before I could see that. And I'm not done. We continue to grow and work. I mean, I had, like I said, a big emotional conversation with my mom and I opened up about my feelings. And if I'm, you know, being real with you, it, it didn't go my way. I wanted her, I told her, I wanted her to learn to deal with things and cope with things differently so that she could come to the next you know, playing with me, you know, like the next stage in life, talking about things more openly and honestly, you know, I don't know if you know anything about breaking generational curses, I do all that stuff. That's a bigger conversation, but I brought that up to her and explained to her and she didn't really receive it, but I'm not mad at all because I understand that she just doesn't have that emotional capacity and understanding yet. And I'm still going to continue to try to have the relationship and build on it because my mom is wonderful. She really is the best. It's just she doesn't understand that just because you're a great person, you can still grow and build on that. Right. You'll unlearn other negative toxic traits and habits. And so she didn't really receive it well. She just saw it like I was telling her she had bad habits and she needed to change who she was. So that's something me and her will have to work on. But I had to tell her these things. I had to confront her about these things because they were, you know, serious personal family issues. Like I said, patterns repeated through my life from my childhood. So this stuff was stunting my emotional growth. I was always holding back my feelings and not being real with my mom because I wanted to protect her. And that's something I've done since I was a little girl. And that's a much bigger, longer conversation if you want to have it. But I'm just saying that stuff stunted me in my relationship as well. It does have. Are you familiar with attachment theory? I maybe have read up like little quotes and things, but no, I've never actually researched that. I definitely will though. Because anxious, so not anxious, but you remind me of somebody who can be like an anxious attachment and then your husband more so of avoiding attachment. And then, but basically the theory behind it starts from childhood. So how you were raised as a child, you, you know, it kind of, it's an uphill of how you become as an adult within your relationships. And it sounds like, like you said, you all your life, does it seem like you've tried to protect your mom from, yes. you know, my okay. stepdad, you know, her brother wanting to borrow money all the time, shit like that, you know, stuff that wasn't really my place to do. 
But, you know, when you have a single mom, a young mom, you grow up with a different dynamic. My mom was 16 when she had me. And so, or maybe 17 when I was born. But, you know, she was pregnant at a young age. So her and I grew up together. And in a lot of ways, that strengthened our bond, which sounds kind of silly, but it's almost like we have the bond of a mother and daughter and of sisters because we grew up together in a lot of ways. But you know, that does come with its own issues, like I said. Gotcha. Okay, last question. So like you say, you've been with your husband for 14 years. What advice would you give to the listeners that are listening that want a long-term relationship and that want a relationship that just, just continues to grow? Like what advice would you give? Easy, friendship. If you are not friends, if that is not your best friend, personally, And keep in mind, I've never been with anyone else to, in a serious way, to really compare. But I feel like the reason my relationship is so strong is because we've been through many levels of friendship. It's only grown deeper and stronger. And him and I are totally self-sufficient. I promise you, like, we enjoy our time together. We can't wait every single night to put our kids to bed so we can just have our alone time. We stay up till midnight just so we can have that time together. And that's not about, like, you know, sex, you know, sometimes, obviously, but not specifically. (laughs) about that. It's not about like, you know, always like talking and serious conversations. It's like, that's our fun time. We enjoy it. You know, we watch our shows, we talk crap, we do whatever it is that, you know, listen to music, critique the music, whatever, you know, our own little things. And we have fun. If we go out to the movies or a concert or anything, we go just the two of us because honestly, like we love our friends, but we like having that time for just us. Like it's more intimate. Okay. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. Thank you so much for coming on, Lacey. You're very welcome. I want to thank all of the listeners for tuning in today. It's greatly appreciated. If anyone who is listening would be interested in coming on the show, whether to speak on their relationship, to speak on something they may have learned while being in a relationship, maybe seeking advice or anything just pertaining to dating and relationships, feel free to email me at info at P, the number four, kdating.com. That's info at P, the number four, K dating.com and until next time you guys have a great one thank you for tuning in to today's show if you like this podcast please download and subscribe if there's anything you would like to talk about in regards to relationships or would like to be a guest on the show to speak on relationships or get advice you can always connect via social media at playing for keeps or email dj at info at p the number four k dating.com Thank you for tuning in and bye for now.